Welcome to the Rebel Educator Podcast, where we work to amplify the voices and ideas of changemakers in education. We talk with students, educators, and thought leaders who are questioning the status quo and resisting tradition in education. So welcome Rebel Educators to this episode of the Rebel Educator Podcast. Welcome Rebel Educators. I am here today with Shada Porter. She is a school design partner for Transcend. She has devoted her career to innovative learning and working to create systems to meet the needs of all children. Prior to joining Transcend, she was a principal and later senior director at Perspectives Charter Schools. During her time there, Shada was a true pioneer of digital learning and brought student agency to the network. She holds two master's degree from St. Xavier and Lewis University and lives in the suburbs of Chicago. Welcome, Shada. I'm so excited to chat with you today. So excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I'd love to start with, you know, in our school, our school is called UP Academy, and the UP stands for Ultimate Potential. And so I'd love to hear from you about what kind of environment you've seen or you believe that children need in order to thrive and meet their ultimate potential. Yes, I think that when I think about what students need, what children need, there are so many things that come to mind. In the work that I do with schools, we really talk about leaps that need to happen in order for students to have a different education. Like, for instance, really looking at the whole child, that when children come to school, it's not just about their academics. They bring so much with them. There's also a part of like student agency, them being able to control their learning and have a say in their learning that I feel like is so important. Also, anytime, anywhere learning that you can learn anywhere. Um, there's learning all around us and that for children, they need to experience learning in different ways. And they also need to experience learning that's relevant to them. Yeah, I'd love to talk a little bit more about whole child learning. And you mentioned, you know, it's not just the academics. And so many schools now are focusing more on social emotional learning and social emotional development and emotional intelligence. But it's also all those things that kids are bringing to school with them and that educators are bringing to school with them. So have you done much work with like trauma-informed teaching practices? And can you share some of your experiences with that? Yes. I think one thing that we and I like to connect it to is more healing-informed. I think sometimes when we talk about trauma, it kind of gives it a negative connotation and that like we're really about students healing and adults healing. And I think we're seeing this even more after COVID, not that it wasn't before then, but just the importance of the work that needs to happen as students enter the building throughout the time they're in the building, as well as the end. I think some of the mistakes I actually made as a principal was thinking that SEL was like one class. And that SEL is about our learning all throughout the day. It's about reflecting on helping students to reflect on who they are and what they're bringing to learning and just even the strengths that they have. And so with some of our schools, we help them create something called Strong Start, Strong Finish, where students start the day really 
in a specific way where there's community building, having like buddy activities, building relationships with other students, teachers being able to eat with students and just really connect with them on like what they're bringing into the day. Students selecting the greeting, how they want to be greeted as they come in. Also having students do different mindfulness and breathing activities to just learn how to center themselves and that they can use that throughout the day. Like if you have this stressful math activity or test, you learn these different strategies in order to calm yourself, help yourself be centered, help yourself be focused on what you need to do to be successful. You've just described so much of what we do at our school. Like, I'm right. so excited. <laughs> no, that's exciting to hear. Yeah. We started our first year with like an SEL class and wanted to make sure that our students were getting that information and quickly realized that the culture and the vocabulary wasn't getting through the whole school and wasn't getting through the school day and wasn't being as impactful as it could be when it was a class. And so then it became instead of bringing in someone just to teach the students, what if we brought that someone in to teach the educators and then made it really embedded in the culture of the school? Because it it is. It's everything that comes up. It's interactions between students. It's ongoing learning. It's mindfulness. We're actually putting a mindfulness room in our school for next year. Nice. So, yeah. So it's really fun listening to you talk about that. And Tanya, I feel like that you really hit on that I think is so important is that SEL for adults. That sometimes we're thinking like, oh, we teach these lessons to kids. We teach kids this. But if we haven't taken care of us and the adults in the building, like it's really hard for us to give that to students. So that's just exciting what you shared about doing that work with the adults first. Yeah. Do you have ideas or tips and tricks or things that you've done with with staff and with educators and adults that you've seen really make a difference and be helpful? Yes, definitely. So some of the things that I've seen that's been helpful is having like a weekly circle with teachers where they get to do some of these same exercises, where it is mindfulness, where it's also them bringing their own self into the circle, whether that is, hey, like, how do we handle conflict and how we can handle it in this circle with one another and have those conversations with one another? Also, just understanding that it's beyond what you're doing in this school. Like if you're having a lot that's going on with you at home, that impacts the work. And so also um, making sure that there are social work experiences or work that teachers can do to take care of themselves. Yeah, I think the flip side of that and what I definitely felt as a school leader last year is all of the things that were going on at school was affecting my life at home. It works both ways. Definitely. Yeah. And then how do you create that kind of self-care pocket or that pod where you can leave whatever happened and then walk into a new environment? And and part of that, right, is how do you create that separation? But also, how do you find that balance of what is work and what is life? And so much of us, it's so interconnected and intertwined, especially since the pandemic and all of the Zoom. And now we can Zoom with anybody in the world, but people on the other side of the world are available at 5 a.m. or 10 p.m. And so it's become so much more enmeshed. And so how do you make those separations while keeping the connection? I think another thing that I've seen a lot of schools do and what I did as a school principal was that adults had a buddy in the building that wasn't just about like mentoring them in like the work, 
but was more like a buddy, someone who can encourage you, who can support you, because we need that as adults as well, right? So having that I got you buddy in the building so that when you need someone to talk to, when you needed a little encouragement, and we had them do different things where they like gave their buddies gifts at different times and notes where you write your buddy a note and stuff like that to just begin to think about our adults as whole human as well. I think that really makes a difference. Yeah. I hadn't ever thought of that as a culture building for a school. We talk a lot about it in business, like finding who are your mentors, who are your coaches, and who are your cheerleaders. Yeah. And that's like you're talking about creating that cheerleader relationship where it's this person who's going to cheer you on and pump you up and support you and give you words of encouragement and positivity and creating those partnerships. Yeah, it could create such a positive atmosphere and force in a school culture. Yeah, definitely. So I'd love to hear kind of how your work has transpired over the years. You know, how did you move from becoming a principal into your role at Transcend? And what does that path look like? And what are you hoping to accomplish in your work at Transcend? Well, it's a really interesting story. When I was a school principal, I don't know, I had those initial feelings as a first year principal, like I'm going to change the world and I'm going to make this big impact on students' lives and family lives and the community. And my first year, I ran around, tried to do everything. And at the end of the first year, had to reflect and be like, I didn't do it. I missed it. And while our students grew, like I just knew I hadn't made the impact that I really wanted to make, especially with I worked in the inner city of Chicago. There's so much going on um, for our students there. There's so much hurt that they bring to with them to school. And I just really felt like I missed it. Because of that, I connected with some different organizations that were helping schools redesign learning to really ensure that students were getting equitable and extraordinary experiences in schools. So I did this summer long with my leadership redesign plan. We went and visited different schools. We did research. We learned. And there was a coach there. His name was Elon. And he helped us really think about how to do school differently. That very next year, we were in this 100 and some year old building. And the schools we visited were beautiful and innovative and all of this. But I was like, I'm not going to let that limit me. So we tore down walls. We ordered new furniture that was like movable, really trying to focus in on meeting every student and customizing their needs, as well as ensuring that education was rigorous and relevant and that it was affirming of them. We took pictures of every student and put them around the building so that they could feel like this is your place. And we also created a classroom where there were like three teachers in the room. And it was with my staff. I just combined the classes and they were larger, but there were three teachers in the room and the students rotated while some students were working independently. We taught students how to be peer tutors. So part of their rotation was peer tutors because sometimes you don't get it from the teacher. Sometimes the way the other student explains it to you, it's like, yes, they wrote on their desk. We made the walls white for walls. You could write on the wall. Like it was about being student focused 
and ensuring that every student got what they needed. So did that with that summer design. Our score shot up dramatically. We also really did a redesign of social emotional health and really making sure that students were getting what they needed as well as teachers. Fast forward, was a principal four years, got great results, became a senior director in the same district and really was able to help other principals rethink the way classes were set up and that we really wanted to allow space for students to have agency and have control over their learning. And then I got hit on LinkedIn about this organization called Transcend. And I read up about Transcend and I'm like, yeah, this is really interesting. Like an organization that really wants to focus on helping students have a different education that's focused on equity and liberation in children flourishing. And then I clicked on the founder and one of the founders was my coach from when I was a principal redesigning my school. And so I was like, oh my goodness, this is for me. This is for me. And so that's how I got from Perspectives to Transcend was the coach I had, A-Line, who helped me make a difference in the lives of kids and really rethink the way I was doing education because I was doing it in the traditional way that was kind of created in the industrial era where it was really focused on taking creativity out, making everyone the same, getting them ready for these jobs to now like, no, our kids are the creators of jobs. They're going to create things that aren't even in existence right now. And so how do we prepare them for that? And like, that's really what brings me joy now is helping other school leaders think through how to create and redesign education and moving from that traditional industrial design to a design that's more innovative, equitable, and really helping students to flourish. What a great connection that your coach ended up being the co-founder of Transcend to where you are now. <laughs> yeah. And he wasn't there. So this is where he created Transcend. So it was just amazing to make that connection and it to come full circle. Yeah. I love the webs when they interconnect and weave together that way. Yeah. You talked about how do you make the impact you want to make. And you talked about Really shifting, you know, as you took over as principal, all the things you wanted to do, but working within a system that was set up the way that it was and finding a coach and finding the mentorship to really shift and shift your environment, change the things that you could change to turn it into the vision that you had. One of the hardest things that I've heard for leaders to do is to get their educators on board when they really want to make that type of culture and mindset shift. Can you talk a little bit about how you got them to buy into everything that you were doing and really bring them along on this journey and make them, you know, they're the leaders in every class and they're the ones building the relationships with students. So how did you get them excited about this change? Yeah, I think that it honestly was a community design. First, we surveyed students to just learn more about their experience. We surveyed parents and we brought in parent focus groups to learn more about their experience and what they wanted for their students. 
we also brought in businesses and people in a community and we created just a group or a team, a design team to help us redesign our school. And I think that when you have teachers, when you have parents, when you have students, when you have business and community people come together, it's like bigger and you can't really argue with that when it's like students are experiencing this in the class. They're not feeling like they're seen. They're not feeling like they belong. When we think about, hey, what does the community really want for the student and what is the business world asking for? Then you can really see like, that's not what we're doing right now. And so I think it's also just this connection. I believe every educator, every teacher, when you go into education, wants to impact the world and change children's lives. It's just reconnecting them to that and really thinking through, just like I had to tear down actual physical walls. How do we tear down those mental walls that we put up because of different stuff that's happened and that we've experienced? So I would say it was tear down walls. I love the idea of community building. And I've talked to other guests who have talked about building like an educational ecosystem. And how do you drive that with students, with families, with the community, with businesses, with educators and with leadership and bringing all of those pieces together in one place? That's a grand idea. It's harder to do. (laughs) No, definitely. Honestly, the basis of our work at Transcend, it's so important for us to create a community design team mm-hmm. to go on the journey to create the design because we really feel like if you don't have the community, you're going to be missing so many pieces. And also the community provides expertise. They also can provide resources. And so although it's difficult, I think it's so worth it in the end. And there's a lot that we have to go through to when we're scheduling meetings and how we're doing meetings and how we're bringing in voices. You know, sometimes we've had to have two separate design team meetings where a design team meetings in the evening where just the principal and these peers and community members are. And then there's a design team meeting during the day with teachers and all of that and then bringing the ideas together. But just trying that or we also organize like community design days where we take a whole Saturday and we pay teachers extra and they get to work with the community and parents in this day. And we go through the design journey and creating it. But it does take some like thinking outside of our norm to be able to bring that together. But I think that is so well worth it. Yeah. So as you're designing and you're creating new schools, you're really creating it student-centered. And you said something to the effect of we're not preparing students for jobs the way the industrial teaching and schooling system has, but instead we're preparing students to be the creators of jobs. And so how are you looking at the knowledge and the content and the skills that students are working on in schools differently to help them to become creators rather than workers? Yeah. Part of that is once we do these surveys and once we do like focus groups and all of that, it is sometimes creating the materials that are necessary because there is no like one book where you're going to get this all. It just isn't. I wish, but and if you find it, let me know. 
But <laughs> it really does take a lot of creation for adults, whether through projects, through teachers working collaboratively. Like in one of the schools we're working with is the math and the science teacher, as well as the history teacher creating a project that is going to cover the different skills they need, but it's also going to enable our students to begin thinking differently and how do we push their thinking and allow them to create. I've seen other schools that have like maker spaces and just really giving students the time to create that. Even on an SEL level, one of the schools that we work with, they have taught the kids different ways to handle stress. And then the kids work together to create a book and a box, like a toolbox of how do we handle stress best? Like what were the things that worked for us? And then they created a safe space or a cooling off space in the room where when a student is going through something stressful, they can go to that space. They have this kit that has all the things that connected or what they said they needed so that they can use it to release stress. And I honestly feel like so many of our students have the answers in like, hey, this is what works for me. So like we should use what works for you. Yeah, we call them peace corners. In our school, you bring up a great point when when we take the time to really ask students what they know and what they need and what will help them learn and what will help them feel comfortable in their space and the things that they need. They have a lot of those answers a lot of the time or even when they don't, they have the question that they know they need to ask to figure out how to get there and how to ask their adult for help. And I think it's rethinking that adult role like. Where it's more like a facilitator, where instead of it being a teacher, that's one thing that I did as a principal. We just took away that title teacher to facilitator, a facilitator of learning. First of all, it takes the pressure away as a teacher. Second of all, I think it just helps us change our mindset about what is the work that we're really doing. We're facilitating learning. Yeah. And that's so much of the role of teachers or facilitators is what do students need? How are they expressing that need? And then how can we help them to fill in those gaps and help them to gain, whether it's that knowledge or find that thing that goes in the toolbox that will help them de-stress or, you know, whatever that key is. And so much of it's not standing and teaching, but it's asking the right questions back. Because we're all humans and, and we can figure these things out when we're given the right lens to look through. Yeah. And I think it helps our children when they become adults that like, I already have inside of me what I need. And it's like this affirmation of self that we're helping them to develop their unique and positive sense of self that can help others that can create solutions to social injustice and all of that, that we're helping them just to kind of flex and build that muscle. And that their ideas are worthy. Yeah. Yeah, they can see those through. They can create those projects and they can research those ideas. So affirming. Yeah, definitely. Well, as a founder of an elementary school, I love to hear stories of when you were in elementary school. So if you can remember, a story or a time back from that time in your school days? I'd love to hear something that you remember. What I remember, and it's, I would have to say it's not an inspirational story, but it inspires me now. 
because of my name, Shada, I throughout school just remember teachers not calling me by my name and not being able to say my name and kids making fun of my name. And what I feel like it's given me as an educator is just the importance of helping our kids see who they are and really taking the time to understand them and get to know them. And it starts by saying their name and saying it correctly. And so I would say, although it was a a fruitful memory, so then I clearly still carry (laughs) now, it's something that's helped me as a teacher, as a principal, as someone who now works with other principals in school districts to really encourage us to see the whole child and really get to know our children and celebrate all the greatness that's in them. Thank you, Shada. How can people get in touch with you? Like you get in touch with me through my email, which is Shada, S-A-U-D-A, at transcendeducation.org. And I'm also on Facebook, Shada Porter, S-A-U-D-A Porter. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Do you have anything that we haven't covered or anything you have coming up that you're excited about that you'd like to share? Just excited. Support in schools all over the country. And so I know everyone else is out there working hard. So just want to encourage everyone. Thank you all for what you do for pouring into our kids. And thank you for this opportunity. And thank you, Shada, for all the work that you do. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Rebel Educator Podcast. I'd invite you to check out rebeleducator.com where you can see all of our upcoming workshops, webinars, and professional development opportunities. Upacademysf.com where you can see our current progressive elementary school in action. And if you've enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to leave a review and rate our show so that others can find it and love us too. Keep resisting tradition, Rebel Educators. Rebel Educators.